From Almost Tangible, this is our adaptation of Shakespeare's Macbeth. Recorded in immersive 3D sound, we recommend listening on headphones. Macbeth Part 1. Sleep No More. Man, is that? This is the sergeant! <laughs> like a good and hardy soldier fought against my captivity! Hail, brave friend! Say to the king the knowledge of the broil must thou dismiss. Doubtful it stood as two spent swimmers could not do cling together and choke their arms. Oh, all's too weak for Macbeth. Well, he deserves that name. And his steady fortune with his branded steel which smoked with bloody lips. He unseamed him from the knave to the chaps and Cousin, worthy gentleman, Prince, son, kids, this reflection, shipwreck in storms, and die for, and doesn't break. Mark, King of Scotland, Mark, lost or justice, hard with foul's arm, compelled these skipping cairns to trust their heels. But the Norwegian lost, survive vantage, 
with furbished arms and new supplies of men began. Dismayed not this, our captains, Macbeth and Banquo. Yes. Sparrows, eagles, or the hair of the lion. If I say sooth, I must report they were as cannons overcharged with double cracks, only double leaving double strokes upon the floor. So well thy words become thee as thy wounds, they smack of honour both. Terrible numbers, assisted by that most disloyal trait in the thing of Cardinal, began a desperate conflict. his present death, and with his former title, greet Macbeth. See it done. What he hath lost, noble Macbeth hath won. No, give me. Right there. Witch. <laughs> I hear your husband's away at sea. Thou been, sister. Helen Swine. Sister, where thou? Sailor's wife had chestnuts in her lap and munched and munched and munched. Give me, quoth I, a right thee, witch, the right fed Ronion cries. <laughs> her husband's to Aleppo gone, master of the tiger. But in a sieve I'll thither sail and, like a rat without a tail, I'll do, I'll do, and I'll do. I'll give thee a wind. Mm, thou art kind. And I another. I myself of all the other, and the very ports they blow, all the quarters that they know in the shipman's guard. I will drain him dry as hay. Sleep shall neither night nor day hang upon his penthouse lid. He shall live a man for bed. Where's the night's nine times nine shall he dwindle, peak and pine? Though his bark cannot be lost, yet it shall be tempest-tossed. Look what I have. Show me, show me. Here I have a pilot's thumb. Heck, it is homeward he did come. A drum, a drum. Macbeth doth come. The weird sisters, hand in hand, posters of the sea and land, thus to go about, about, thrice to thine, and thrice to mine, and thrice again to mark up nine. Peace, the charms wound up. So foul and fair a day I have not seen. If I was a call to Forres. 
What are these? So withered and so wild in their attire that look not like the inhabitants of the earth. And yet, they're on it. Live you? But are you what man may question? <laughs> well, you seem to understand me. But each who wants her chappy finger laying upon her skinny lips. You should be women. Yet your beards forbid me to interpret that you are so. Speak, if you can. <coughs> what are you? All hail Macbeth. Hail to thee, Thane of Glams. All hail Macbeth. Hail to thee, Thane of Cawdor. All hail Macbeth. Thou shalt be king hereafter. Good sir, why do you start and seem to fear things that do sound so fair? In the name of truth, are you fantastical, or that indeed which outwardly you show? My noble partner, you greet with present grace and great predictions, of noble having and of royal hope, that he seems wrapped with all. To me, you speak not. If you can look into the seeds of time, and say which grain will grow and which will not. Speak then to me, and neither beg nor fear your favours nor your hate. Hail! 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 Lesser than Macbeth and greater! Not so happy, yet much happier. Thou shalt get kings, though thou be none. So all hail, Macbeth and Banquo. Banquo and Macbeth all hail! All hail! All Stay! You imperfect speakers, tell me more! By Sinnel's death, I know I am Thane of Glams, but how of Cawdor? The Thane of Cawdor lives, a prosperous gentleman. And to be king stands not within the prospect of belief, no more than to be Cawdor. Say from whence you owe this strange intelligence, or why upon this blasted heath you stop our way with such prophetic greeting? Speak, I charge you! The earth hath bubbles as the water has, and these are of them. Whither have they vanished? Into the air, and what seemed corporal melted as breath into the wind. But they had stayed with such things here as we do speak about. Uh, have we eaten on the insane route that takes the reason prisoner? Your children shall be kings. <laughs> you shall be kings! <laughs> and Thane of God or two, went it not so? To the self-same tune and words. Who's here? <laughs> King, that happily received Macbeth, the news of thy success. As thick as hail came post with post, and everyone did bear thy praises in his kingdom's great defence, and poured them down before him. And, for an earnest of a greater honour, he bade me, from him, call thee Thane of Cawdor. In which addition, hail, most worthy Thane, for it is thine. What, can the devil speak true? The Thane of Cawdor lives. <laughs> Why do you dress me in borrowed robes? Who was the Thane lives yet, and the heavy judgment bears that life which he deserves to lose. Whether he was combined with those of Norway, or did line the rebel with hidden help and vantage, or that with both he laboured in his country's wreck, I know not. But treasons, capital, confessed, and proved, have overthrown him. Glamis and Thane of Cawdor, the greatest is behind. Do you not hope your children shall be kings when those that gave the Thane of Cawdor to me promise no less to them? 
that trusted home might yet enkindle you unto the crown besides the Thane of Cawdor. Wait, tis strange. And oftentimes to win us to our arm, the instruments of darkness tell us truths. Win us with honest trifles to betray us in deepest consequence. But cousin, a word, I pray. The truths are told as happy prologues to the swelling act of the imperial theme. You gentle lady. <clears throat> oh, cannot be ill. Cannot be good. If ill, why had it given me the earnest of success? Commencing in a truth. I am Thane of Godor. If good, why do I yield to that suggestion? His horrid image doth unfix my hair and make my seated heart knock at my ribs against the use of nature. Present fears are less than horrible imaginings. My thought is not there yet, is but fantastical shakes, so my single state of man that function is smaller than surmise and nothing is. But what is not? Okay, my partner's wrapped. <laughs> Chance love me, King. Why, a chance may crown me without my star. New honours come upon him like a strange garment. Cleave not to their mould, but with the aid of you. <laughs> Time and the hour runs through their office today. Worthy Macbeth, <clears throat> we stay upon your leisure. Give me your favour. My dull brain was wrought with things forgotten. Kind gentlemen. Your pains are registered where every day I turn the leaf to read them. Let us toward the king. <laughs> his treasons, implored your highness's pardon, and set forth a deep repentance. Nothing in his life became him like believing it. There's no art to find the mind's construction in the face. He was a gentleman on whom I built an absolute trust. God save the king. Worthiest cousin. Would thou hadst less deserved that the proportion both of thanks and payment might have been mine. Only I have left to say, more is thy due than more than all can pay. The service and the loyalty I owe in doing it pays itself. Your Highness part is to receive our duties, and our duties are to your throne and state, children and servants. My plenteous joys, wanton in fullness, seek to hide themselves in drops of sorrow. Sons, kinsmen, thanes, and you, whose places are the nearest, know we will establish our estate upon our eldest, Malcolm, whom we name hereafter the Prince of Cumberland. Prince of Cumberland. 
That is a step on which I must fall down. And I saw a leap, but in my way it lies. Stars, hide your fires. Let not light see my black and deep desires. The eye wink at the hand, yet let that be, which the eye fears when it is done to see. success and I have learned by the perfectest report they have more in them than mortal knowledge. When I burned in desire to question them further they made themselves heir into which they vanished. Whilst I stood wrapped in the wonder of it came missives from the king who all hailed me Thane of Cawdor. By which title before these weird sisters saluted me and referred me to the coming on of time with hail, king, that shalt be. This had I thought good to deliver thee, my dearest partner of greatness, that thou mayst not lose the dues of rejoicing by being ignorant of what greatness has promised thee. Lay it to thy heart, and farewell. Lambs thou art, and Cawdor, and shalt be what thou art promised. Yet I do fear thy nature is too full of the milk of human kindness to catch the nearest way. Thou wouldst be great, art not without ambition, but without the illness should attend it. What thou wouldst highly, that wouldst thou holily, Wouldst not play false, and yet wouldst wrongly win. Thou'st have great glams. That which cries, dost thou must do, if thou have it. And that which rather thou doth fear to do, than wish should be undone. Hie thee hither, that I may pour my spirits in thine ear, and chastise with the valour of my tongue all that impedes thee from the golden round, which fate and metaphysical aid does seem to have thee crowned with all. My lady! What is your tidings? The king comes here tonight. Thou art mad to see it. Is not thy master with him? Who, weren't so, would have informed for preparation. And so please you, it is true. Our thane is coming. One of my fellows had the speed of him, who almost dead for breath had scarcely more than would make up his message. Give him tendings. He brings great news. The raven himself is horse that croaks the fatal entrance of Duncan under my battlements. Come, you spirits that tend on mortal thoughts. 
and sex me here and fill me from the crown to the toe top full of direst cruelty. Make sick my blood. Stop up the access and passage to remorse that no compunctious visitings of nature shake my fell purpose nor keep peace between the effect and it. to my woman's breasts and take my milk for gall, you murdering ministers, whatever in your sightless substances you wait on nature's mischief. Oh, come, thick night and thee in the dumbest smoke of hell, that my keen knife see not the wound it makes, nor heaven peep through the blanket of the dark to cry hold. Hold. Great clams, worthy Codor, greater than both by the all hail hereafter. My letters have transported me beyond this ignorant present, and I feel now the future in the instant. My dearest love, Duncan comes here tonight. When goes hence? Tomorrow, as he purposes. Whenever shall sun that morrow see, your face. My vein is as a book where men may read strange matters. To beguile the time, look like the time. Bear welcome in your eye, your hand, your tongue. Look like the innocent flower, but be the serpent under it. He that's coming must be provided for, and you shall put the night's great business into my dispatch. We shall for all our nights and days to come give solely sovereign sway and masterdom. We will speak further. <laughs> Only look up clear. To alter favour ever is to fear. Leave all the rest to me. <laughs> This castle hath a pleasant seat. The air nimbly and sweetly recommends itself to the gentle senses. This guest of summer, the temple-haunting Martin, does approve by his loved mansonry that the heaven's breath smells wooingly here. Your Majesty! See! See! Our honoured hostess! All our service in every point, done twice, and done double, we're poor! and single businesses to contend against those honours deep and broad where your majesty holds our house. <laughs> Where's the thane of Connor? We crossed him at the heels and had a purpose to be his purveyor, but he rides well, and his great love, sharp as his spar, doth help him to his home before us. Fair and noble hostess, we are your guests tonight. Your servants ever. <laughs> Give me your hand. Conduct me to mine host. We love him highly and shall continue our graces towards him. By your leave, hostess. If it were done, what is done? And twere well it were done quickly. If the assassination could trammel up the consequence and catch with his surcease success that but this blow might be the be-all and the end-all here. But here, upon this bank and shoal of time, we've jumped the life to come. 
But in these cases, we still have judgement here that we but teach bloody instructions which, being taught, return to plague the inventor. This even-handed justice commends the ingredients of our poisoned chalice to our own lips. He's here in double trust. First, as I am his kinsman and his subject, strong both against the deed, then, as his host, who should against his murderer shut the door and not bear the knife myself. Besides, this Duncan hath borne his faculties so meek, hath been so clear in his great office, that his virtues will plead like angels, trumpet-tongued against the deep damnation of his taking off, and pity, like a naked newborn babe stride in the blast, or heaven's cherubim, horsed upon the sightless couriers of the air, shall blow the horrid deed in every eye, that tears shall drown the wind. I have no spur to prick the sides of my intent, but only vaulting ambition, which o'erleaps itself and falls on the other. My lord! How now? What news? He had almost sucked. Why have you left the chamber? Have you asked for me? No, you know he has. We will proceed no further in this business. He hath honoured me of late, and I have bought golden opinions from all sorts of people which would be worn in their newest gloss, not cast aside so soon. Was the hope drunk wherein you dressed yourself? Had it slept since, and wakes it now to look so green and pale at what it did so freely? From this time such I account thy love. Art thou afeard to be the same in thine own act? and valour as thou art in desire. Wouldst thou have that which thou esteemed the ornament of life, and live a coward in thine own esteem, letting I dare not wait upon I would, like the poor cat in the adage? Pray peace. I dare do all that may become a man. Who dares do more is none. What beast was it then that made you break this enterprise to me? When you durst do it then you were a man, and to be more than what you were you would be so much more than man nor time, nor place, the then a dear, and yet you would make both. They have made themselves, and that their fittest now does unmake you. I have given suck, and know how tender it is to love the babe that milks me. I would, while it was smiling in my face, have plucked my nipple from his boneless gums, and dashed the brains out had I so sworn as you have done to this. If we should fail. We fail. But screw your courage to the sticking place and we'll not fail. When Duncan is asleep, where to rather shall his day's hard journey soundly invite him, his two chamberlains, Will I, with wine and wassail, so convince that memory, the water of the brain, shall be a fume, and the receipt of reason a limbeck only, when in swinish sleep their drenched natures lie as in a death? What cannot you and I perform upon the unguarded Duncan? What not put upon his spongy officers who shall bear the guilt of our great quail? 
Bring forth men, children only, for thy undaunted metal should compose nothing but males. Will not be deceived when we have marked with blood those sleepy two of his own chamber and used their very daggers that they have done it. How dare she see the other as we shall make our griefs and clamour roar upon his death? I am settled and bend up each corporal agent to this terrible fate. Away, and mock the time with fairest show. False face must hide what the false heart doth know. Take this later, sir. Hold. Take my sword. There's husbandry in heaven. Their candles are all out. Here, take thee that too. A heavy summons lies like lead upon me, and yet I would not sleep. Merciful powers restrain in me the cursed thoughts nature gives way to in repose. Give me my sword. Who's there? A friend. Get thee to bed. Good night, Father. What, sir? Not yet at rest. The king's abed. It's been an unusual pleasure. All's well? Uh, I dreamt last night of the three weird sisters. To you, they've shown some truth. Oh, I think not of them. <laughs> yet, maybe we can entreat an hour to serve. We would spend it in some words upon that business, uh, if you would grant the time. At your kindest leisure. Good. Repose a while. Thanks. I like to you. Go bid thy mistress when my drink is ready. She strike upon the bell. Get thee to bed. Yes, sir. before me, the handle toward my hand. Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind? A false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain. I see thee yet in form as palpable as that which now I draw. Oh, who marshals me the way that I was going? And such an instrument I was to use. Mine eyes are made. The fools and other senses are else worth all the rest. And on thy blade and dagger gouts of blood which was not so before. There's no such thing. It is the bloody business which informs us to mine eyes. Aye. Now o'er the one half world nature seems dead, and wicked dreams abuse the curtained sleep. Witchcraft. 
and celebrates Pella Kate's offerings and withered murder. his watch thus with his stealthy pace with Tarquin's ravishing strides <sighs> towards his design moves like a ghost though sure and firm set hath hear not my steps which way they walk for fear the very stones spread of my way about and take the present horror from the which now sits with it. What's a threat he lives? What's to the heat of beats? Two cold breath gives. I go and just done. The bell invites me. Hear it not then. For it is a knell that summons thee to heaven. What the hell? That was part one of Almost Tangible's adaptation of Macbeth. Thank you for listening. I'm Charlotte Mellon, founder and producer at Almost Tangible. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and subscribe to our podcast. Or to find out more, visit almost-tangible.com or join us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Almost Tangible. Audio you can feel. <laughs>